Well, thank you for joining us again for the weekend. And we're continuing a series on the subject, Grow Together. We believe God wants every one of us to grow, and God intends for us to grow together. I invite you, if you have your Westover app, to go ahead and open up to the Scripture and the notes this weekend, whether online or here in the room. And we're going to see what God has to speak to us this weekend. This weekend, I'm focusing on the subject that we're better together. We as a church, we as believers, we're better together when we're connected in the body of Christ. One of the most expensive things you can do in life is take the wrong advice. It can lead you down a pathway in a career that you were never meant to be. Somebody say, you know, you ought to do this because it pays the most. And you get 10 years or 20 years into it. and It's not what you want to be. Uh, treating an ailment the wrong way. Buying something, a house in a place you shouldn't have bought. It's expensive to take the wrong advice. I, I remember one day I, I woke up and, oh, my shoulder was stiff and neck was stiff. I had one of those moments where, oh, and you turn and you're it just this shooting pain in your shoulder and neck. And Denise noticed, my wife, she noticed that I was moving around. I was kind of stiff. And she said, well, if you'll do this, there's some cream in there and there's a place in the in the, in the bathroom where she has this little cabinet and we keep everything in and all the, the medicines and this and creams and so forth. She said, go in there, there's a cream, just rub it all over your shoulder. Well, I went there and got the cream and I put it all over my shoulder and I, you know that medicine smell, you know what I'm talking about? You have that medicine smell because it was up by my neck and shoulder and sure enough, it didn't get any better. It didn't get any better. I, I couple treatments, a couple days and it just wasn't getting better. And she said, well, how come? And I, I said, well, I'm putting the cream on it. Well, I was putting athlete's food cream on it. Yeah. And it didn't get any better. I'll tell you that. Now, I smell like medicine. I smell like medicine. But it didn't get any better. And I'm wondering if we do that in life. I wonder in life if we're applying solutions that don't really address the issue. Some of us were struggling in our walk. Some of us feel emotionally like we're imploding. Some of us are so discouraged and, and, and you're, you're binge watching on Netflix or you're, you're doing this or the other and it's the wrong solution for what you're going through. And God intends for us to grow. And I, and I want to just encourage you, you're better together and some of us are doing life alone. Some of us have pulled away into cocoon. Some of us are in a shell. So he said, I don't want to be bothered. And you look at others as a, as a bother and a distraction. And you're applying the wrong medicine, if you please, the wrong solution to your issue. Let me just say, let me just say, you don't find happiness. Some of us are looking to find happiness. You think, of, if I can move into another subdivision. If I could get just another job. The last three jobs haven't been, but if I could find that perfect job, I'd be happy. Some are saying, if I can meet the perfect person, I'd be happy. We're looking for that next place because we think happiness can be found mistakenly. Let me quote Dr. Seuss. Can I for a moment? He says it. It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, and bags. There's some things you don't find. You see, happiness, we don't find it, we grow it. God's intention for every one of us, yes, God intends for our life to be happy and fulfilled, 
But we grow into happiness and we don't find it. And some of us think if we could find it, our life would be better. And we go from one disappointing experience to another disappointing experience. And God's word is teaching us we need to grow happiness. Spiritual growth, that's what we're talking about. Let me just redefine it for us again as we did last weekend. Spiritual growth is the process of learning the teachings of the Bible following the example of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, spiritual growth is not just memorizing verses. Nothing wrong. In fact, that's very good. We can memorize doctrines and creeds, but it's learning the teachings of the Bible to follow and live out the attitudes and the behavior of Jesus. Well, I can't do that on my own. By the power of the Holy Spirit. For you see, a thriving relationship with Jesus makes our life effective. A thriving relationship with Jesus makes us a better employer, employee, a father, a mother, believer. It makes us in every aspect of our life. And some of us think that our faith, our spirituality is to be tucked away in a private little devotional moment we have all to ourselves. Then we, we open the door and close the door and then we walk out in life. No. Jesus wants to invade every part of our life. Jesus wants to be incorporated in everything we are and everything we do. And I want to share with you there are three quality decisions we have to make for spiritual growth. Three quality decisions. I'm going to share all three with us, but I'm going to unpack one of them this weekend. Three quality decisions. First quality decision that has to be made is to come to Jesus. That's salvation. Now, I know your brother-in-law told you that, that he and his son had a come-to-Jesus meeting together. That probably means they had a, uh, a meeting of the minds and there was some conflict. That's not what I'm talking about. Come to Jesus is salvation. What are you talking about? Uh, we call it making new here. A come to Jesus is when, when we surrender our heart, hearts and our lives to Jesus Christ. When we make a commitment from our heart to say, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, I want to be a new person. Jesus, I'm not doing life the way that I should be doing it. And we, we come to God through humility and repentance. And we invite Christ into our life. That is salvation. It requires salvation. That's the, the first step, the quality decision in spiritual growth. The second one. The second one is you've got to connect with others. So we move, from, we move from salvation to edification. You've got to connect with others. Salvation is personal. Edification is, is corporate. It's, it's inclusive. It requires other people to be in our circle, to be in our life. It's collective. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. But let me share with you the third one. You come to Jesus, you connect to others, and thirdly, you continue with God. You continue with God. That is sanctification. It's ongoing in your spiritual development. It's not one time. It's not making one quality decision. It's not just obeying God one time. It's not memorizing one verse. It's, it's incorporating the, the principles and the lives and the teachings of Scripture in our everyday life, and we continue to walk with God. But let me focus in on the second one, connect to others. We've got to connect with others. And with that in mind, I want you to go with me to the scripture. 
It's in Ephesians chapter number 4. It's in the Westover app, verses 15 and 16. We mentioned we're going to be teaching from these two verses all month long. And we're just breaking it down and letting the Holy Spirit teach, teach us and speak to us. Let's go. Verse number 15, Ephesians chapter 4. And I want you to notice the mention of the word growing. Growing, because we're better together. It says, verse 15, growing in every way more and more like Christ. We talked about that last week, in every way. See, spiritual growth is not one thing. There are many ways. And God wants us to grow in every aspect. God wants us to grow emotionally, spiritually. God's interested in our career. God's interested in how we parent in every way uh, to be more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Verse number 16, this phrase is what we're going to look at today and examine. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Jesus, he makes the body, the body of Christ, he's using that knowledge. He makes the body of Christ fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now, the analogy that the scripture is using here is the human body. And he's using the analogy of the human body for the church, the body of Christ. And sure enough, the human body, God is, God is brilliant. He made everything fit together perfectly. He put fingers on a palm. And, and he connected it to a wrist that can move around and pivot. That's connected to an arm and an elbow, connected to a shoulder. You know, it's that, that song, the, the knee bones connected to. You remember you singing that? You see, God's put everything together in your physical body. God fits everything and he makes it perfect. Yes. Aren't you glad that God didn't create your nose on your foot? Just think about what you would smell all day long, okay? God God does everything correct, and he does it perfect. And just like God does it with the human body, he makes the human body fit together perfectly. The scripture is saying God does the same thing to the church, the body of Christ. He makes it fit together perfectly. God is saying that there is something you can't do, somebody else can do for you. You're not intended to be to, to be self-inclusive and, and do everything yourself. The, the fingers can do things the elbow can't. But without the elbow, the fingers would not have the ability to have all the reach that it would have normally and be able to have the flex and bring it up to the mouth or bring it to something else or hand it off. The, the fingers need the palm and the palm and the hand, the wrist needs the elbow. It all fits together perfectly and so it is with the, with the body of Christ. You say, I'm not good at it, and I don't, I don't feel good at this area, and I feel like sometimes I allow my experiences to get the best of me. Can I tell you, God has put you in the church and the body, and there are other people God has gifted you with to help strengthen and bless you. That's what God wants to do in our life. It's important that we have that. Now, let me take you back a little in your psychology class. Can I do that for a moment? Remember in psychology when you were in college, and for those who are counselors and psychologists, that you're tracking with me on this right now. 
But there was a guy by the name of a Abraham Maslow, and he came out with what was called the hierarchy of needs. Remember the triangle, the hierarchy of needs? He said there are five basic needs every human being has. And it starts with the very basic needs. And in order to meet the next need above that, the hierarchy of needs, you've got to meet the need below that. And if you meet this need and you meet this need and you meet this need, you go up. And he said the very bottom, the first two levels are, are security and, and very basic needs such as food and shelter. Yes, we understand that. If you, if, if, if you don't have a place to live and you don't have a meal to eat and you don't feel safe, you know, nothing else matters. You've got to meet those very basic needs. Yes. Once you meet those needs, he identified, by the way, let me just say, when he came out with the hierarchy of needs in the 40s, everybody said, oh, he is brilliant. Can I tell you, Abraham Maslow only discovered what the Bible taught us all along. The brilliance is in the Bible, and Abraham Maslow took credit for it. He said after the very basic needs of security, food, and meal, and etc., he said there is a need for affiliation or a need to belong. A need for affiliation. He said people have a need to sense they belong or affiliated. That's why we have tribes. That's why there are clubs. That's why there are teams. Some of you, you're going to go watch a game perhaps this week or on television. And you're going to root for your team. You affiliate as a fan of a particular ball team. And, and there's something about being a part of that and connected with that that just... It, it, it just fulfills something. Listen, Abraham Maslow said that's very important too. You've got to have a sense of, of affiliation, a sense of belonging. Isn't it interesting when you live in Texas, we call ourselves Texans. You don't just say, I live, I'm a Texan. Yes, there is affiliation. We as human beings always need to be, a, be connected with some San Antonian, Texan, an American. You, we, we always need affiliation. He says once you have affiliation, then you can go up and the highest need that Abraham Maslow identified was the, was the need for happiness. But he said in order to be happy, you've got to have a place to live and you've got to have enough food and you've got to feel like you belong. You've got to have affiliation. And when you have all of this in order in your life, he said you could go all the way up to the highest peak of this hierarchy of need and then you can have a sense of happiness. That's what scripture teaches us. But here in the last decade or so, they've re-examined Abraham Maslow, and they have identified a sixth need. Beyond happiness, a sixth need. And again, the brilliance is it's in the Bible. The Bible teaches this. Beyond happiness, you're affiliated. You're happy. And the highest peak, the greatest fulfillment, the, the apex of life is this. And when you're happy is that you begin to make others happy. You invest in them. Altruism. That if you want to have a life of meaning and a life of purpose, not only that you're happy, and it's not about you as a consumer, you're willing to do something for somebody else. And it's those people that have reached the apex of happiness and fulfillment in life. That's exactly what Scripture says. The Scripture says God put the body together... We're affiliated in the body, the church. Why? So that we can receive love and be encouraged, happiness, so that we also can encourage and support others. There it is. It's been in Scripture all along. And there's some of us, there's some of us today we feel stuck. We feel stuck in our spiritual journey. You're saying, I, 
I, I don't feel happy. I, I, I feel like I'm in this place. I'm not growing and I'm not advancing and I feel like I'm missing something and I, I, I'm not what I could be and I'm not what I, what I should be. I'd like to suggest to you it could be. It could be a lack of connection. It could be the fact that you don't have good affiliation, spiritual affiliation. You're not connected in church. You're not connected to a body of believers. What frequently happens? If you get in a place that you're spiritually stuck, your joy is not there, you don't feel light, you don't feel celebration in your heart, you inevitably think there's something wrong with you. And then believers always go, well, I must not have had enough faith. Believers always turn that on themselves. I, I guess if, I, I need to believe stronger. I guess I don't have enough faith because if I had enough faith, I wouldn't be going through this dry season. I keep praying and I keep asking God, God's watching. I've repented of everything I know to repent and I, I'm turning my heart inside out and I don't know what it is, but I feel stuck. I feel like I'm not advancing. What is wrong? And we always think it's, it's wrong believing. I'd like to suggest to you, feeling stuck may not be related to wrong believing, but weak belonging. Weak belonging. You believe the right thing. You love God. You, you, you hold on to God, but you're not connected. You're, you're not growing together. You're doing it alone. When the scripture says, we're better together. Friday, I received a, a contact from somebody. He said, Pastor, there's an emergency. I just got to gotta, gotta talk to you tonight. I, it can't wait. I just, I'm at a point I can't go on anymore. I said, well, where are you at? I said, well, I get off work at such and such time. Is there, is there any way that we could just, we could get together for a moment? So I drove across town, met them near the workplace. There was a Barnes & Noble, met them in the coffee area. The Barnes & Noble sat down. And we no longer sit down, then the tears began to flow. Just, just beat up emotionally. Just, just drained. Just the ache and began to talk about this isn't working and that didn't work and this happened and some things were, were, were significant, some things were just insignificant, but they were all piling up all at once. And, and, and there was this, this moment of, I can't do this anymore. We had prayer together. We unpacked it. And here's what I shared. You know what? You're trying to do it alone. And there are times in life when we can't do life alone. Your faith is right. Your belief is right. But there's a moment in which you need others to encourage you through. I said, are you in a life group? Yeah, I'm in a life group, but I just joined in. I don't want to tell them what's going on. I want them to think that I'm, that, that, that I'm, I'm, I'm crazy or I'm having problems. I, I, I got to put on the face. I said, no, you call your life group right now. You let them know. They want to hear from you. They want to pray with you. The person did. We were communicating the next day on Saturday, and I heard this. I'm going to make it. I am going to make it. You see, we're better together. We're better together. There's times we just need the support. It's not wrong believing. Sometimes it's weak belonging that drains us. Every one of us, every one of us, we have a friend that fits this profile. 
They used to attend church, used to serve God, would read the Bible. They, they would talk about the things of God, and they're completely out of church, away from God right now. And you talk to them and try to reconnect them as I'm not interested in it, and they say this, I tried it, but it didn't work. You know somebody like that, that fits that profile. I tried it, but it didn't work. I would suggest again, it wasn't, it wasn't wrong believing with them. It was probably weak belonging. They probably believed God. They, 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 their faith was probably genuine, absolutely true, spot on. But they came to a point in life, a crisis, a trouble, a difficulty. Life rocked them. And they didn't have anyone to hold on to. No one held on to them. And they went through that and they got discouraged. And then they thought, God, you don't care for me. God, there must be something wrong with me. It doesn't work for me. And disconnected. And the issue all along was they were not connected. You see, Scripture tells us we need to be connected. And there's some of us in the room, you're suffering from what I call ODD. Now, I'm not saying you're odd, okay, don't say that. <laughs> but I'm going to say it's ODD. You have an other's deficit disorder. Yeah. You don't want to get connected. You don't want to be bothered. You, your life is so busy that you just come in and get a devotional warm feeling and a touch in your heart and you go about but life is going to introduce something to you that you're going to need the support of somebody else because you're in the body there's something there's something the elbow can't do you know the elbow cannot scratch your nose but guess what the elbow can bring the hand up here and scratch the nose the fingers can there's times God so designed the body you're going to need something that somebody else can do, support and encourage you in that you cannot do yourself. In Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 24 and 25, Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 24 and 25, here's what the Bible says. And let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. Catch that. Scriptures admonishes, he's teaching us what do we need to do. Let us consider how we may spur one another on. I can tell you, God wants you to be a Spurs fan. Right here it is in Scripture. Okay? It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds. Not not giving up meeting together as some in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching, the tough day come. You're going to need other people to spur you on and encourage you. Now, what is interesting to me, the New Testament is written in the Greek language, translated into English in our English Bible. The word, Greek word, translated spur, is found twice in the entire Bible. Once in Hebrews 11, 24, and once in the book of Acts. Now what's interesting to me about it, it's translated in Hebrews 10, 24 as spur one another on, and in the book of Acts, it's translated, same Greek word, 
disagreement. Huh. Now, what does that mean? To spur, to encourage, to, to inspire, and then to disagree? What is it teaching there? Here it is. Here it is. Every one of us, we need somebody in our life that can pat us on the back and sometimes to disagree with us. Sometimes we're going to think the wrong thing. You're going to have a bad attitude. You're going to make a wrong decision. You're going a wrong direction. You're caving in. You're discouraging. And when you're discouraged, you make wrong choices. And in those wrong moments, instead of of somebody telling you, yeah, go ahead, do whatever you want, whatever you feel, you need somebody that will disagree and spur you on to good deeds. Sometimes encouraging you and sometimes disagreeing with you. Every one of us need that. And that comes when we're connected. That comes when we're connected to others. In that church, in the hallway, the aisleway, in the hallway, is small talk. Yeah, you hear it now. The weather. The latest score on a ball game. Uh, how are the kids doing? How's this? How's the job going? Are you busy this week? What's going on? What's the best restaurant you've eaten at in the last 30? Small talk. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with that all at all. We come into church, we say, how you doing? We give the, 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 the canned answer, I am fine. That's what we say. That's the small talk. But you know every one of us need a place that we can do the big talk. The big talk. And the aisleways and the hallways at church is small talk. But in life group is big talk. You see, in life group, when you're sitting with a group at a restaurant or a coffee house or an apartment or a living room and you're meeting together, Denise and I host a life group every month and our life group comes together and here's what we say. How are you doing? Oh, fine. No. How are you doing? Well, wished it could have been better. No, I'm not accepting that. Let's dig down. How are you doing? You don't look like you're doing well. How is it really? Well, can I tell you? Right now, my son, my daughter, my job, right now I'm not feeling well. You know, right now we just have a lot going on. The, the boss has called me in, and, and we have a report out, and we have an assignment due, and I just feel overwhelmed. I feel like that just the world has got its foot on my throat. Okay, now, now we're down to it. Now we're having the big talk. What are you going to do? Well, I... I'm just thinking about giving up. I'm just saying it's no good. To, I'm going to quit my job, and I, I'm tired of that. No, no, he's coming to the life group. I mean, I, I'm so busy, Ryan, I don't have time. No, here's the disagreement. You're not going to do that. I'm going to disagree with you. You don't need to back away and go into cocoon. You need others right now. You need to be encouraged. You need to be supported. You need people standing with you. It's the big talk. And every one of us. Every one of us, we need moments when we can have the big talk. We can, we can share the hurt and the ache, the, the pain, the struggle, the disappointments that are in our life. And you see, the soul flourishes through connection. Yeah. God has created the soul to flourish in connection. There are some things you cannot get outside of connection why the scripture says he fit the body together why 
so it can encourage one another and you can grow in love and in faith. That's what we need. That's what we need. We need to grow in faith and love. And God has intended that spiritual growth to be the pathway for wholeness. Some of us, we're, we ain't complete. We have an ache. We haven't recovered from something. You define, there's a date in the year. There's a, there's a time of the year and it marks a pain in your life. Some of us have a, a name, a person. I never name my son that or my daughter that. Why? Because that name represents a profound ache and hurt in your life. That name has be, represented a heartbreak for you. You see, you'll never get over it. You might not get over it, but you can get past it. And the pathway for wholeness is spiritual growth. And I want you to hear the story in this video of Larcy and what God has done for her. The physical abuse, the emotional abuse was just too much. But I couldn't leave. I didn't know how I could leave. I am Larcy Burgess. I have been leading a life group for three months now and it's for single moms. I started leading a life group um, after I was attending for a while. It was bestowed upon me. Um, I grew with the life group and became part of the life group, and now we are leading it. Before I came to a life group, I was coming out of a very ugly uh, situation. Um, it was very tough for me. I felt trapped, uh, beaten up emotionally and physically mostly wanting to keep my kids safe, not knowing what to do. When I found the life group um, at the single mom's dinner now two years ago, it's been four years officially, so about halfway, trying to figure it out myself, standing alone. Once I got connected, it was just amazing for me to know that I'm not the only one living a crazy story, that they're there to support me, whether it was, hey, I got your back, I'm praying for you today, what do you need? Is there anything that you need? Knowing that no matter how bad or ugly my day was, that all I had to do was text somebody and they would give me that encouragement that it is gonna be okay. No matter how bad the day is, that those girls have got my back, no matter what. Um, now leading them <laughs> on the flip side of the coin, being that person that they reach out to, I've, they've helped build me up, and now being able to support them on the other side of it is just amazing to me. Being together, um, knowing that all of us have our ugliness in our past, we can now find the joy and the happiness of life today versus what's what we've gone through. Knowing that I'm not doing this alone is probably the best thing that has happened to me. This weekend, I'm dismissing this service just a few minutes early, and I just want to say to you that I've asked the kids' ministry and the student ministry to hold the students and the kids for about 15 minutes longer so you can have a chance to hear information about Life Group. And I'm going to ask all of our Life Group leaders if you'll go ahead and move in place. They're the ones in the green t shirts. If you'll go ahead and get in place, and we've done this to make it easier for you. And again, kids' ministry and student ministry are going to kind of hold for a little bit to assist those who want to uh, get more information about Life Group.
We want to see you connected, and we believe that we're better together. And being connected puts you in a place that you can grow spiritually, that you can be encouraged as God's Word, as the Bible says that we should be. And here's what we're doing today. Inside the auditorium, these that are in green t-shirts, these are family groups. And outside of the auditorium, beyond these doors, in the main hallway, all of those in green t-shirts right there, those are family groups as well. If you're a senior and you're kind of uh, that uh, other season of life, your kids are grown and you're saying, I want people in that season of life to share with me. We have seniors groups and they're meeting and they're able to talk with you about senior groups and they're in the church cafe, which is by our west entrance to my right hand side over here. In the main lobby for all of our young adults. Young adults, you're looking for a life group? You can go to the main lobby where information center is at main hub there. There will be people ready to speak with you about young adult life groups. And it's our intention to give you that opportunity today to just say, what's life group like? There's a chance for you to find out more information and there'll be a card you'll be given. You say, I'm interested in becoming a part of life group. This card, you'll give it to the life group leader or put it in the contribution slots that we have in the auditorium and in our main lobby. We'll get this information and follow up with you. If you want to host, you're interested in leading a life group. And I think, I think there's some Westover families here. You're ready to do that. You're, God spoke to you to take the leadership that you need to begin to invest in others. The same card, if you'll fill it out. And live group training is next Sunday, room 204 at 9 a.m. Next Sunday, 204 at 9 a.m. We just want you to know it's our intention at Westover to see you connected, to see you grow, to see you flourish, to see you become all that God intended for you to be. And we want to be that source of encouragement to you. So I'm going to invite you to stand together with me. And as we dismiss here right now, I'm just going to invite you to come, get information. Let them share with you the heartbeat behind how to get connected. I do say this, if you've attended a life group and you haven't found one that connects with you, don't feel bad. I talked to a young adult here recently. said, I've gone to a couple, but I haven't found the right one. I said, well, try this one, this one, or this one. The very next one they went to was the one they connected with. And here's what the young adult told me. Thank you, Pastor. I finally found the group that just seems to gel with me, seems to click. There's great chemistry there. So we, we invite you to be a part. Find a group. Say, I, we want one that has small kids, or we want one that more than empty nesters. We want one that meets on this day or that day because of work schedule. Let us help you get connected because we are better together. God bless you. Go in the love of the Lord. You're dismissed.